Note from Sri Ramanashram. Ashtavakra Gita is a very valuable work containing the highest Advaitic teaching imparted by sage Ashtavakra to King Janaka by means of a conversation. Being a ripe soul, King Janaka became self-realized by following the teaching of Ashtavakra. An edition with limited circulation carrying the Canada transliteration of Ashtavakra Gita along with the English translation of Swami Nitya Swarupananda of Ramakrishna Mission was published by the Mysore Palace. A copy was presented to Bhagavan Ramana Maharshi by the Maharaja of Mysore in 1932. The specialty of the copy presented to Bhagavan is that he, Bhagavan, has copied the original Sanskrit text in his own hand and the free space above the Canada version. Bhagavan has also written the caption, Maharaja of Mysore, below the photograph of the Maharaja. This has been carefully preserved at the ashram archives. The Ashtavakra Gita was always recommended by Bhagavan for study by devotees. For this reason, we present the current audiobook for the benefit of seekers. The current narration is based on the translations of Swami Nitya Swarupananda, John H. Richards, and Hare Prasad Shastri. Note Lightning Upadesh to One on a Stirrup. Once upon a time, King Janaka was listening to a philosophical treatise being read out to him by the state pundit. He came across a passage which said that when a man had placed one foot upon the stirrup and before he lifted himself to place the other foot on the other stirrup, realization would be complete. This means that realization is so sudden and quick. Then Janaka desired his pundit to stop and asked him if a horse might be brought in to prove the statement. The pundit admitted his inability to impart practical wisdom. The king suggested that the text is either false or exaggerated. The pundit would not admit it. Though himself not able to impart practical wisdom, the text could not be false or exaggerated because the words were those of the wise sages of the past. Janaka was irritated and had him imprisoned. He further similarly charged everyone who passed for a wise man and imprisoned them all. About that time, there lived a sage by name Ashtavakra, a man of eight deformities. He was young and was roaming about in the country. He happened to be in Janaka's territory, and there two men passed him on the way. He inquired of them whose country it was and what the king did. They were some of those who were terribly afraid of Janaka's challenge and imprisonment, and in their despair they told him that the country was Janaka's, and the king was rather irritated and harsh upon those pundits who could not explain to him a scriptural text. Ashtavakra immediately offered to explain the text and release the imprisoned pundits. They were impressed by his assurance and took him in a palanquin to the palace. 
The king was in the court hall, and at the sight of the sage he stood up and saluted him with great reverence. Ashtavakra asked the king why he should imprison the pundits. Janaka told him the reason. Ashtavakra said, Release them all. Janaka thought that this suggestion could only proceed from one who would be able to clear his doubts. So he had all the pundit prisoners released and asked Ashtavakra if he might have a horse brought then and there so that realization might be imparted to him as mentioned in the scripture. The sage warned the king not to be hasty. Brahmanyana could be imparted only in solitude and not in a court hall. Janaka offered to go into solitude along with him. There a palanquin was brought for Ashtavakra, and Janaka rode beside him with a retinue following them. When they reached the outskirts of a forest, the sage asked that the king should order the retinue to turn back and that they must be left alone. So it was done. Again Janaka requested Brahmanyana, put one foot in the stirrup and was anxiously praying his master. The sage told him, Wait, in the same scripture you should have known that Brahmanyana is imparted by a guru to his chela. Are we in such relationship? asked Ashtavakra. Janaka then made obeisance to him and submitted to become his disciple and prayed to be taught. Ashtavakra then told him that a proper disciple should surrender himself, his possessions, and all to his master before being taught Brahmanyana. Janaka surrendered all. Then Ashtavakra said, Well, then Ashtavakra said, Well, Janaka became dazed. Ashtavakra disappeared from the scene. Janaka was standing statue-like where he was. Time passed by. It was getting dusk. The citizens were awaiting the return of Janaka, but found no sign of his approach. They grew anxious and began to search for him. They came to the place where Janaka was still standing. He was unaware of their presence and would not answer any of their inquiries. They were surprised and were sorry to find the king in that condition. The ministers looked out for Janaka's companion, Ashtavakra, but could not find him. They thought he must be a charlatan who had worked some spell upon their king. They vowed vengeance on him. They were, however, concerned with the king's condition and they wanted to minister to their king. They placed him on a palanquin and returned to the city. The king continued to be in the same condition. He was later placed on a bed, and many were anxiously waiting on him the whole night. Finding him continue in the same dazed state, the ministers sent out search parties for bringing Ashtavakra to the palace in order that he might be induced to remove the spell from the king. Ashtavakra was brought by one of the search parties by nightfall to the palace. The minister was wild at the sight, but still suppressed his anger and requested the sage to bring the king back to his normal condition after relating a woeful story of the sad plight of the leaderless people. At the same time, the minister charged the sage with responsibility for the present state of the king 
Ashtavakra simply smiled at all this harangue and told the minister to ask the king himself. The minister professed his inability to make the king respond. Ashtavakra said, Is this so? Let me see. So he called out, Janaka! Immediately Janaka saluted him and replied, Lord! The ministers were surprised. Ashtavakra said, Look, Janaka, I am being charged by the people here as having brought you to this sad plight. Tell them if it is so. Janaka was furious and asked in a rage, Who was it that said so? The ministers began to tremble, but still continued to request the sage to bring the king back to the normal condition. The sage told them to retire and leave him alone with the king. They did so. The sage told the king, Now, Janaka, why are you like this? You must be as others are, and should not behave differently from the normal condition. Janaka said, I am yours, O Lord. I can act only to your orders. Ashtavakra continued, Brahmanyana can be taught to competent persons only. I have been all along testing your competence. Take your food first, and then we will continue the discussion. Janaka finished his meal and then prayed, How can I realize Brahman and be liberated? Ashtavakra said, Brahman is not anything new or apart from you. No particular time or place is needed to realize Brahman. That thou art. That is the self, eternal and infinite. In this way the whole night passed when the sage was elucidating the Ashtavakra Gita. The next morning, when the ministers came on a visit to the king, they found him quite all right and were happy. They thanked the sage. The king called the assembly and was at his work as usual. He performed his functions normally. In the assembled court, Ashtavakra said to the king, O king, formerly you had some doubt if Brahmanyana could be had as suddenly and quickly as mentioned in the scriptures, and you wondered if the text was correct. Now tell your men how you feel. Bring the horse here and demonstrate the truth of it. The king was all humility now, and said, O Lord, I was thoroughly mistaken then. I have myself to blame. Because of my immaturity, I doubted the correctness of the scriptural text. Oh, every letter of it is true. Om Tat Sat From Swami Nitya Swarupananda October 1932 Ashtavakra Gita, or Samhita as it is also called, inculcates the essence of the highest knowledge of Advaita, it deals with the actual realization of the eternal Atman, self, which is not something that dawns only when the world is renounced, or when it does not exist, or ceases to be perceived, as when one is said to go to another sphere after death, or when one is in yogic samadhi, or when one is otherwise unconscious, as in deep sleep but it is attained in the highest stage when one is in the very midst of the world, perceiving 
or feeling the objects in it, even as King Janaka, while actually ruling his kingdom, did attain, following the teachings of Rishi Ashtavakra. From the Ashtavakra Gita, seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, eating, taking, speaking, and walking, the great souled one, freed from all efforts and non-efforts, is verily liberated. The wise one who lives on happily, doing what comes to him to be done, does not feel troubled either in activity or in inactivity. Indeed, I am in all beings, and all beings are in me. This is knowledge. What need is there for renunciation, for holding on, or dissolution? He who has attained Brahman cannot be distinguished from other men of the world, either in their dress or in their behavior. He wears no external signs. From the Mahabharata. The man of knowledge, though living like a worldly man, is contrary to him. Only those like him can understand him. Such a person ever feels his oneness with the all. The man of knowledge feels no desire for the dissolution of the universe or aversion to its existence. The Blessed One, therefore, lives happily on whatever subsistence comes of itself. The man of knowledge feels no desire for the dissolution of the universe or aversion to its existence. In fact, the highest knower, the Jnanan, realizes at all times that whatever exists is nothing but his very self, the Atman or Brahman. Ashtavakra further furnishes the key to the means of attaining the supreme knowledge in the words, as one thinks, so one becomes. But the steps, as may be gathered from the following verses, require the hardest and the most patient efforts to climb. Till the ego, I, is effaced, the truth cannot be known. If you aspire after liberation from the bondage of ignorance, my child, shun the objects of the senses as poison. Seek forgiveness, sincerity, compassion, contentment, and truth as nectar. In whatever you perceive, you alone appear. Do bracelets, armlets, and anklets appear different from gold? Completely give up such distinctions as I am he and I am not this. Consider all as the self. The ignorant person does not attain peace, either by inaction or by action. The wise one becomes happy simply by knowing the truth. Ashtavakra Ashtavakra was born of Kahor and Sujata. While Ashtavakra was still in his mother's womb, Kahor was once reciting the Vedas sitting beside his wife. To their great surprise, the child in the womb suddenly cried out, Father, even lying in my mother's womb, I have already learnt all the Vedas through your grace but I regret that you often make mistakes in your recitation. 
Pahor took this as a grave insult, and he cursed him, saying that he would be born with eight parts of his body deformed. Accordingly, in the course of time, a child was born with a twisted form and was named Ashtavakra, meaning eight-curved. In the meanwhile, Kahor went to the court of Janaka to beg money from the king. The king had at that time in his court a great scholar called Vandi, son of King Varuna. He was profoundly versed in the Vedas. Kahor was called to a debate by him, was defeated and thrown into the sea, where he had to be engaged as a priest in a sacrifice performed by Varuna. When Ashtavakra grew to be a lad of twelve and heard of the sad plight of his father, he repaired to the court of Janaka in company with his maternal uncle, Svetaketu. Being a mere boy, he was not at first allowed entrance into the court. But when he gave proof of his extraordinary learning in the Shastras, he was cordially welcomed. He at once sought out his father's opponent, Vandi, and entered into a debate with him. A wonderful controversy ensued, and the boy of twelve defeated the foremost veteran scholar of the court of Janaka. He rescued his father from the grip of Varuna. Kahor was highly satisfied with his son, and asked him to bathe in the river Samanga. And lo, he came out of the waters with all his limbs made straight, but his name continued the same forever from the Mahabharata.